Hello, and welcome to the Liberty Blues Network. I'm Sean Osborne. I'm Steve Marin. And I'm John Phillips. And we're here today with uh, the new leadership of the Nevada Libertarian Party, Charles Melchin and Jeffrey Hurley. How's it going, guys? Excellent. Thank you for having us. Oh, yes. I, I, I actually just heard uh, you're going to be speaking Saturday in L.A., right? Or not in um, L.A., in uh, California. In yeah, the, uh, the California Convention. Yeah, um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I think I'm your opening act. <laughs> so, uh, ooh, so that's, cool. uh, that's nice. tough to follow, but I'll do my yeah. best. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be playing some music for you guys. Get out there and uh, talk. Who, who's coming with you uh, on Saturday? Uh, Adam Heyman is going to be there also. He's the uh, Southern rep. So another one of the executive committee members uh, newly elected here in Nevada. Oh, nice. So, what you know, I figure you've probably uh, told the story about, um, you know, the, the situation that got you to where you're at now. I figure if people want to hear that, they can talk to or listen to uh, Tom Woods. So I was I kind of thought it'd be cool to talk about, like, what what you guys got going on so far and what your plans are to go future, uh, to go forward in the future and that kind of stuff. So what what's happened already since you guys have taken over? Um, so. The, the turnover um, from the old team to the to our new team has actually went pretty smooth. Um, we were pretty satisfied with uh, how that went. I think we've uh, pretty much all of those T's have been crossed and uh, I's have been dotted. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot to do on the tech side, the finances side, um, very little left there. And so now we're, you know, we have our legs under us and we can really start marching forward. Um, Jeff did, is, can you think of anything that is really left <laughs> to do with the transition? Um, can you hear me? Hear me at all? Okay, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, um, the only thing we should have left outside, I mean, we, we got the initial transition done. We still have to work on branding. We still have to work on, you know, getting the website cleaned up. Um, but outside of that, um, other than just, you know, doing um, normal activism and moving forward with yeah. recruiting and building the party, I think the transition's pretty close to complete. Mm -hmm. So like, as far as like uh, moving forward, you guys like, None of you guys were politicians before, right? Did you, uh, you guys, I think I heard you say on Tom Woods that like, this wasn't like really what you had planned, but you just felt you had to step up and do it. How did, how did that come about to you guys to decide you wanted to, to get that active? Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely a sort of a, a calling that came to us. Um, I don't think anybody on the leadership team Oh no, Sam, uh, the at-large rep. He's he's run for a couple of offices, and uh -huh. and while he's not uh, me, he, he's not explicitly Mises caucus. He's someone that we've had a great time working with, and uh, uh -huh. he certainly you know, sees the exact same problems with the the past leadership that we saw, and was really eager to uh, enact that change. But the rest of the team is really brand new to uh, the political game, and. Uh, we're certainly learning a lot as we go along. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it was, uh, and yeah, I, I think it's definitely something that I don't know how built we are for it. 
we just needed to help move the party in a different direction and sort of wake it up again. I, I think we're sort of, uh, in a way, we're a defibrillator and trying to get the get a heartbeat back in this and uh, get it going again. But you know, we're not necessarily a, a tool that is going to carry the party forward for the next 10, 12 years, anything like that. So uh, we are thrilled with how much the party's grown already and the talent that has, uh, has really made itself evident. Um, we are thrilled with all the potential that has mm -hmm. quickly sprung up and that we are really hoping to tap into, um, both with the committees that we're forming, whether it's communications, whether it's IT, whether it, uh, whatever it is, um, we think we have a lot of fabulous talent for uh, moving the party forward in the right direction. Nice. So what, what kind of growth have you seen? Oh, um, so uh, I, I mentioned it a few times, but uh, you know, two years ago, the 2019 state convention, there were 17 credentialed people at that, uh, at that convention, which in a, a state with 20,000 registered libertarians is, is, uh, is appalling, honestly. Um, yeah. Last year in 2020, when we first had like real Mises representation at the state convention, there were about 10 of us and about, uh, and about 30 to 35 people at the convention total. Um, and uh, no, in no small part, a lot of that had to do with people. You know, it was a general election here, which is really when interest in these sort of things spike. Um, and yeah, everybody was interested in being a delegate to go to what was Austin at the time. And so, yeah, that, that drew a lot of people out. Um, it's difficult to say how many people would have come if it weren't for the Mises caucus um, this year. But you know, it, it, uh, we went from having 30 to 35 people last year to what was it, 114 credentialed individuals at, uh, at this uh, year's. Um, and it wasn't solely um, Mises individuals that made that difference from 30 to 114, but it was, it was primarily. There were, there were a couple different um, people that were interested in... Uh, changing the direction of the state party and, and they brought they brought some people there but it was a uh, yeah by far that all the energy in life was behind the Mises caucus coming into the state convention mm -hmm. what would you say to inspire other people like in a state where they say like you know like a you know or even just counties because I know a lot of counties all over the place don't have a even a state affiliate like uh how, how did you guys how are you guys dealing with that like getting one started uh in the counties that aren't there or um getting active in in one that is um jeff did you want to tackle this one i have my own thoughts i'm happy to follow up on you um so are you speaking to creating like a mises caucus chapter in the other counties just any, like either, either you, actually both would be cool. You know, talk about like if you were just interested in that, because I know some counties don't have a Mises caucus there. Um, and, you know, then there's also like, you know, some counties just don't even have an LP affiliate. So, you know, either way, you know, if, you, if there's not an affiliate and you're Mises, you know, that, you know, you, you're just already there. So I think Kentucky's kind of like that. You know, it's just pretty Mises friendly uh, overall. Right. So whichever way you see um, it. Well, yeah. Um, going back to last year, there was a time when we had some people reach out to us from Northern Nevada and they were already kind of holding some local libertarian meetups and 
we, we got to know them a little bit and we brought them into the fold. And so we kind of split up the state between Northern Nevada and Southern Nevada. And we really utilized, um, you know, the Mises Coxus uh, drip system to figure out who everybody is and make contact with them all. And we have a pretty vibrant Northern Nevada, Washoe County and some, so some of the surrounding counties areas. Um, few people in, in Nye County, we have a couple of people in Lyon and in Elko. Um, but there's just, you know, not a whole lot in some of the surrounding counties. There's not a high population there. And then in terms of affiliates, we, of course, Clark County is the biggest county. We have an affiliate here. We have one in Washoe. And recently they opened one in Douglas County. And I wish I would have done it at the county here, but they amended the bylaws in the Washoe County Convention to allow the surrounding counties to participate in their county convention until they're able to form their own affiliate. I, I think so, especially, especially yeah. considering the emphasis that we're rightfully placing on decentralization, the more, the more power and autonomy we can bring down to the local levels, down to the county levels, uh, the better it will be will be for the party as a whole and for connecting members with one another. Um, Nevada in ways is kind of like a lot of other states, only a more exaggerated version, uh, right? We have like our rural counties and our rural counties are like super rural. And then our urban counties, like especially Clark County is like super urban where it's just dominated by Las Vegas. Um, and previously, um, well, there wasn't really any action at the state level, but I think that the less, the, the more we can demonstrate value from the county affiliate, um, the more likely you're going to have people in these rural counties that currently don't have a, a, uh, an affiliate, like see the value in it and, and want and be inspired to make it happen for themselves. As long as like all the action is taking place at the state level, then there's this thought of like, well, do we really need a county level? Everything's fine. Let's just keep going along. But Jeff being the, the chairman for Clark County, like he's really taking the lead on a lot of what we're doing down here in the Southern part of the state. And if other parts of the state can see that a lot of what's happening within the Libertarian Party here in Nevada is taking place at the county level, they're going to understand that need and perhaps feel the impetus for really taking charge. And for at least in Nevada, all you really need are five registered Libertarians um, in a county to sign on and be like, hey, I'm willing to be an officer for the county affiliate and you're up and running. And we have way more than five registered Libertarians in each uh, county. And so at this point, it's just a matter of connecting those people together and um, yeah, and fortunately, especially yeah. over this past year, like connecting rural individuals with one another is a lot easier in 2020 than it was in 2018. Now it's just sort of a cultural <laughs> norm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Is there anything like, uh, I guess, in particular that you're using for, uh, like, what what are some really big Nevada issues that you're that you're tra that you're reaching out that you think will ring loudly with uh, people um, in Nevada. I, I, right now, especially just being topical, like it's the issue of lockdowns. Um, and obviously that's a national issue, a bit more state to state, right? If you're in California, that's something worth railing against. If you're in Texas at this point, oh, yeah. it just sort of rings hollow <laughs> or in Florida, cause you're like, yeah, we already won that battle. Let's move on to something else. Um, but here in Nevada, it's still in place. The mask mandate's still in place. Um, you're seeing like the, the, 
foreshadowing of the adoption of vaccine passports and to one degree or another. And so I think that those three are really the things that right now can be very effective tools for recruiting and, and activating libertarians in Nevada. And yeah, it, it's, it's the tiniest of silver linings in a very dark age where when you, the, the same thing will be true when undoubtedly this administration starts up a completely unnecessary and terrible war. Like at that point, we're like, okay, like that's the issue. Let's activate all the people who are, and you now we, we have plenty of you know, foreign interference that's, that we're currently engaging in, but it's just not, people aren't riled about it the same way that they, they will be once you know, the United States deploys 50,000 soldiers to go protect some country or invade some country, that sort of thing. Um, as far as Nevada right. specifically, right. oh man, um, that's unique to Nevada. I don't know, uh, Jeff. Do any come to, come to mind for you? Um, um, well, we recently had the SB two ninety two, which yeah. you know is going to hurt any third party in the state, and that's something that um, we had sent an email out about recently. Um, everything else, I mean, it's it's pretty standard. We'd like to roll back you know, occupational licensing and things like that, uh, that affect businesses, anything we can do to promote mm -hmm. entrepreneurship would be awesome. Um, and yeah, just mostly it's the lockdowns at this point, because it's what's done the most damage. That's the what's really glaring in everybody's face. And there are a number, there are a number of uh, terrible pieces yeah. of legislation currently working their way through uh, the Capitol. The one that uh, Jeff mentioned, SB 292, that one would adopt straight uh, straight ticket voting, where you just mark like, hey, I want to vote for all the Democrats on the ticket. Uh, I just want to vote for all the Republicans on the ticket, which would absolutely decimate uh, the Libertarian Party. And, and we have some phenomenal candidates, um, some phenomenal Libertarians that are interested and have voiced an interest in actually uh, running for office and supporting the party because uh, the guys that run for office they they are really the ones putting in a lot of work and sacrificing a lot of their time and resources to essentially promote the libertarian party and so we're absolutely in debt to them um, as as a party and we need to do everything that we can to support them um, so long as we have some nice quality passionate good represent uh, good representative candidates. So that's one of the main things that we're looking for right now. And we need to get squared away in the next 12 months or so. Yeah, that's cool. Well, let's take a little break real quick and we'll come back and I got some more questions for you. Thanks for listening to the Liberty Blues Network. Be sure and stay tuned this week for some Libertarian Los Angeles episodes from the California Libertarian Convention in Visalia, California at the Marriott Convention Center. And we'll also have some stuff from across the street at the Comfort Suites with the Mises events. There's a couple of those coming up with some great speakers. Uh, I'll be playing some music there as well. So if you're in the area, be sure and come over and join us. And if you're not, check out uh, This Might Make You Mad on Facebook. I'm hoping to be live streaming some of the performances from there. So I hope to see you there. If not, follow me there and listen to some music with the theme of liberty.
All right, well, we're back. Uh, so, you know, I've always thought of Nevada as being kind of, I mean, it, it's Republican, right? But I've, I've always thought I had a little bit of a libertarian streak with, the, you know, like not having a problem with gambling, you know, being much more open about, Woo-hoo. you know, yeah, prostitution yeah. Mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, but a little slow yeah. on the weed thing. So what, what, do, what do you think about those issues? Like, because I don't, I mean, prostitution is not legal every place right, in Nevada, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, like what what what's that like? Like like is it kind of like a crony thing where you got it like just certain people are allowed to run this stuff or like how how does that work? Uh, um, I think it's a bit of a county by county thing. I think that's the way it works. It, Jeffrey's probably yeah, a lot more familiar with this than I am. <laughs> I believe it. It's just by population. So I think if your county has under seven hundred and fifty thousand people, you're allowed. So I think that just pretty much excludes Clark County and Washoe, and then every other county in the state's allowed to open up brothels and do what they want. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you know, and it it hasn't destroyed Nevada, right? You know, the, the uh, arresting people who are victimless crimes. You know, a lot of people think this, you know, this would be such a terrible thing if that happened. What about what about weed? What's the what's the what's the status of weed in, in Nevada now? Um, so they finally legalized it by I believe ballot initiative um, three years ago. Um, about three years ago. And then, yeah, there were about 18 months where it was just fine. And then all of a sudden the legislature is like putting through stuff where like, it, you know, an employer, it, it's it's no longer essentially allowable for an employer to fire, to fire someone who uh, smokes pot. So like, they can't just leave well enough alone. They need to tinker from one side or the other. Yeah. Like, like, yes, you should absolutely be allowed to smoke pot. But as an employer, you should be allowed to fire someone who smokes pot. But they can't just like leave their hands off, no matter what it is. They yeah. need to interfere with it. Yes, so, the right to associate. Yeah, a lot of people have trouble yep. with that understanding of the right to associate. Yeah, and it's obviously still highly regulated. You know, you need to go um, go through all these hoops to get a license to be a dispensary and everything else. It's super regulated of, it's not just a lot of cronyism you know, yeah, hands off decriminalized which it seems to be yeah, yeah absolutely just like california you know the, the, rich, mm-hmm. the rich can get involved but you know the rest of us will wake up with a gun in our face <laughs> even yeah. in the beginning to just even do the transportation yeah. they had to make a deal with all the alcohol companies that distribute alcohol and they had like exclusive rights for the first two years to do all the distribution in terms of transporting to all the different dispensaries <laughs> oh shit I mean, that, yeah. that, that's, that's cronyism if I've ever heard of. You know, well, man, usually like, the yeah, alcohol is always one of the biggest anti-marijuana lobbies because they don't want anyone, you know, stepping in on their business. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and as far as the larger nature of Nevada now, um, uh, I believe that the history of it was it was a, a Republican state for a long time, but there's just been like, such a constant influx of Californians uh, fl- fleeing that state that it's it's quickly shifted Democratic and uh, certainly I believe over the past six or eight years uh, at this point both of the state senators and both of the uh, or sorry and as well as the governor all three of them are uh, Democratic and um, but like the back in the day, the Nevada used to be a very libertarian state. It would always be in the top 
10 states as far as percentage of vote getters by the libertarian presidential candidates. It was it was that case for the longest time from 1976 until uh, 2000, 2000 or 2004, somewhere in there. And then finally it dipped out of the top 10, but it certainly exists, uh, especially in those rural counties um, that we really just have, that the Libertarian Party of Nevada has really neglected because there's a, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there that we should just be walking out and picking off the trees. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how, how, how much it grows over there. Did you guys, did John or Steve, do you guys have any questions? So uh, about what you were saying, and, um, you know, Nevada is very rural in the rural areas, and then obviously uh, Clark County is huge. Um, the, the party that was there before, was that primarily... Um, an influx from California and metropolitan in nature, or was that kind of a combination of the rural areas also? As, as far as I could tell, there really wasn't a lot of rural representation on the previous leadership team. The way it's organized is it purposefully has uh, Northern Nevada representative as well as an at-large representative, um, though, the, um, though the Northern rep was... Uh, Oh man, uh, I, I I believe that he was more from Washoe County. Um, I, he wasn't quite as rural as what one might expect. And the at-large member was from Clark County as well. And so they sort of, to the degree that they had rural representation in their leadership team, it was like uh, essentially bare minimum at best. Um, I, I feel that we're taking a step in the right direction. Um, we have three members on our current leadership team that are from outside of Clark County. Um, although um, two of them are from the Reno area. And so they're only like, kind of not, uh, yeah, you know, the best we can hope for is not Vegas, but then we do have one who's from the very much rural part of the state. Washington yeah, that's, that's where Reno's at, right? That's correct. Yeah. Washoe's Reno. Yeah, the previous leadership didn't really express any interest in supporting any candidates in any of the rural areas because we had two of the last election cycle and the state party didn't even reach out to them, didn't want to help whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm sure that'll help a lot. What's uh, what's the population of the bad? Yeah, like three, three and a half, something like that. Yeah, roughly. three and a half million, I think. Uh, yeah. All right. Um. Shit, I was going to ask something else. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you guys got the uh, convention coming up next year. So uh, that, yes. that's, that's going to be wonderful. So Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. That's great. And we have such an, so that's going to be up in the Reno area. And we have such an incredibly strong team up there. We are really enthusiastic. And they're already doing what they can to uh, prepare for that. Um, they're, they're definitely going to need to get into contact with other um host states, host cities, um, to see what role they can play, what, uh, what they can expect. Um, so obviously New Orleans or, uh, Orlando, um, yeah, just reach out to them and see what we can do to really prepare for that. But yeah, the sooner we start getting ready for that, the better I feel. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be really sweet. I, I can't wait to see the speaker list you guys have. It's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, if you guys need any music, man, hit me up. I'd love to come play. Right. It'll be fun. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm, always, I'm always looking yeah. to add some, some good music, libertarian-themed music to things. We have a fair number of musicians that uh, have 
really taken an active role in the Mises caucus here over the past year. So nice. at least two like full-time guitarists. Yeah. Um, as well as a couple others, I think. So you you'd fit right in. We definitely need to get everybody connected. Yeah. We should have a we should have a libertarian party uh, well, we were- musician caucus. Yeah, You're yeah. Talking that, about- that'd be great. Yeah, because you know, I mean, I, I really feel we need to have our message represented in, in in all kinds of art. You know, music, film, documentaries, everything. You know, and uh, somebody's got to counter all the crap that's out there. Absolutely. We were talking about holding okay. a, uh, a meacock <laughs> stock. That's cool. <laughs> so did you guys have any uh, any other messages you'd like to toss out there before we uh, wind up here? Uh, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, come and find us. Um, LP- yeah, that's good. How do they contact you guys? So our website is lpnevada.org. Uh, LP <laughs> and... Um, you can come there. We should have, um, we will be updating everything shortly. Um, you can find us there. Um, my email is jeff.hurley at lpnevada.org. So if you want to contact me directly, but we've been holding socials. We're on, um, we have a Facebook group. We have Twitter. Just come find us and come turn out and start coming, meeting up and coming to our events. And then we can, you know, tie you into all the other plans we have and everything we're planning on doing moving forward. Nice. You know, I, I did have one other question I meant to ask you guys. As, as being from Nevada, you know, uh, libertarians talk about uh, uh, atomic energy a lot and, and building power plants. What, like, and I know they always want to dump it in Nevada. Like, how, how do you guys feel about uh, nuclear energy and uh, like uh, that aspect of um, it? Yeah. Because I, I, I'll be honest, I'm ignorant so, about the whole thing. So I don't know how, how it is with modern technology. So uh, actually, growing up, uh, my dad, he was a security guard at a nuclear power plant up in Washington state. And, um, and yeah. so, yeah, you know, just, uh, just through osmosis, right. Being exposed to it on a, on a constant basis. It's something that I sort of took interest in. And so they've, they've essentially mothballed um, Yucca mountain, which I find extremely frustrating um, and I, I, this is this is actually true. Uh, like of all the things that the previous leadership was good on, this is one of them. Is they they did everything they could to beat the drum of the need to expand nuclear power, um, which they're one hundred percent correct about. Um, it's such an incredibly winning issue for the Libertarian Party, uh, especially as you know the issue of climate change is. You know, whenever that really comes to a head, which obviously over the past almost 18 months now, it's really taken a backseat, rightfully so, to other issues. But you know, as, as things die down, that's going to come back to the forefront. And we need to be able to provide like a, a solution to the perceived problem. And that solution is you know, a very reliable source of power that has zero emissions. And if we just open up you know, the Yucca Mountain uh, waste facility, it'd be incredibly safe to store the little amount of waste that nuclear power plants create. And uh, so, I, I, yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. The governor right now, uh, Sisolak, he's stated very clearly that so long as he's governor, uh, no nuclear waste is going to enter the state from any other, um, yeah, from any other state, which is 
but at the same time, he likes to talk about, you know, climate change, we need to save the environment, but heaven forbid, we actually use like this phenomenal source of power that's right at our fingertips. And so it's just that speaking out of both sides of his mouth, hypocrisy, um, political game that uh, he's, he's playing. And uh, I do what I can to hold his feet to the fire on that because I let him know that if he actually means what he says when it comes to environmental policy, he personally can right now help to write that ship by just opening up Yucca Mountain. Um, but uh, my understanding is between the Obama administration and when Harry Reid was the Senate Majority Leader, they collaborated to kill the Yucca Mountain Project. And so it'd take a drastic turn of events both here in Nevada and in Washington, D.C. to to really turn that around. But yeah, there's, there's always hope. And uh, if we can get a libertarian elected in 2024, we can solve some problems. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what, what was the big pushback? Just the uh, environmental issues or was it like uh, oh, for Yucca Mountain? Anything like, like that? why they shut it down? Oh, it, it's the standard yeah. fear mongering of yeah. you know, nuclear waste. Ooh, scary, scary. Like terrorists might drive a plane into it sort of thing, which like it, it's uh, my understanding is it's buried super deep inside of a mountain, incredibly secure. They could drop as many airplanes into it as they want and there'd be no environmental consequences it's like three miles above the water table that you'd never have to worry about leakage or anything else it 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 would just be so i guess the for me the frustrating thing is that nuclear waste needs to be somewhere it's not going to magically disappear just because yucca mountain isn't in operation so right now you have you know nuclear waste deposited in tiny little unsecured places that are like 15 miles outside of Pittsburgh sort of thing that are way more vulnerable and way more prone to accidents than if they were all consolidated to one extremely safe facility. Um, And so it just, it's one of those examples of fear mongering winning out over reason and logic, which I guess is sort of the name of the game when it comes to environmental policy in this day and age. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I remembered that because I've been dying to ask you that all day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, (laughs) Nevada, like that's one of the very few things where Nevada could play a very key pivotal role in meaningfully moving the United States in a better direction. And yet for yeah, uh, a decade now, they've just refused to budge an inch and um, help America's environmental policy move in a better direction. So I don't know, it, uh, that frustrates me personally. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you guys stopping in and talking to us. And I look forward to seeing you guys on Friday, Saturday, uh, should be should be fun. Are you guys coming over for? Uh, um, I'll be there for the whole convention. Saturday? Unfortunately, Jeff has uh, other uh, right, obligations, but... and he's uh, not going to be able to make it. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam and I will be there, and we will definitely uh, hang out sometime over the weekend. Really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see me, find me. You know, because my blind ass will never find you. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, so if you see me, hit me up. We'll, we'll be able to talk. Yeah, absolutely, we'll do. All right. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Do you guys have anything else before uh, we run out of time? No, nice to meet you guys. You as well. Um, absolute pleasure, John. Yeah. Yeah, nice to meet uh, all of you. And thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure. take it easy.